Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Beginning next week on Oilers Now, we get all of our Oilers Now regulars back, including Kevin Weeks for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. We're going to be looking to hear from the likes of uh, Brian Lawton and Kevin Weeks and a cast of thousands during the course of the week. But at this time, as we uh, uh, recognize Canada's National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, uh, we're going to bring aboard a gentleman who I first met a number of years ago uh, in Vancouver. As it was the end of the season during the 2010-11 uh, regular season, and uh, the Oilers organization had a, several uh, corporate partners uh, join us on a trip, and I ended up engaging in this conversation with Robert Morin about Bill LaForge that must have gone on for about 30 minutes to to 45 uh, minutes. Robert is the chairman now of Project Reconciliation. He is our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Robert, how you doing? I'm very good, Bob. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, Well, I'm doing pretty well. First of all, maybe just explain to our listeners, uh, and we'll get to a little bit of the hockey stuff, and obviously what today means to you as a a leader in the Indigenous community, but uh, just to educate our listeners a bit, what exactly is Project Reconciliation? All right, we can start there. Um, And maybe, maybe even before that, Bob, if I may, we actually met in 2013, 2014, I think. It was. Okay, so you're, you know what? I'm losing it in my old age. I think that it's going side. <laughs> All right. Well, I, spe- I specifically remember it because I told you at dinner that evening we were going to draft Connor McDavid. We were going to win the lottery. So anyway, oh. we, did, we ended up doing that. So, uh, well, so you've obviously uh, have great foresight. And you were a year ahead of it because it was a 2015 draft year. There we go. So pro- somewhere, somewhere in there, yes. Pro- so anyway, yes. Any, anyway, Project Reconciliation is uh, an Indigenous um, organization intent on getting 100% Indigenous ownership of Trans Mountain. I became involved with it in 2019, and um, well, I, I, I didn't necessarily get involved in it for the specific purchase of Trans Mountain Pipeline. That's a large component of it. But rather, their long-term vision is green technology. And uh, very shortly here, we'll be announcing uh, some major uh, partnerships with uh, some utility and resource companies in the Edmonton and Calgary region. So over and above the Trans Mountain purchase, we're, we're going to steer our Indigenous ownership into the new technology and green energy field. Okay, so very progressive in that regards. Uh, now, do you work with all the various different Indigenous bands throughout Western Canada? Is it kind of part of uh, how this negotiation process would take place, Robert? Well, right now there's there's five, probably, or, or could be six, I'll call them proponents. There's organizations that want to purchase the pipeline, and we all have differing uh, differing views on how that ownership would take place. Ours, uh, uh, Project Reconciliation, is one of the few that has 100% Indigenous ownership for all of the 129 Indigenous communities that the uh, government has uh, highlighted in their 
uh, report on on consultation for the pipeline. Okay. So so that that's kind of where we're at with that one. All right. Now dealing dealing with those nations on a one to one basis is almost impossible, especially with COVID and everything going on. But we've reached out to I'd say uh, a majority of those those nations and presented in in uh, Zoom meetings our uh, viewpoint and how our project would help benefit their nations. Okay. So our our. If I recall, and maybe your memory is better than mine right now, maybe I'm losing it here, but you, you, we started the genesis of the conversation originate, originated around Bill LaForge. And you're, uh, you're with Enoch Cree Nation, is that right, Robert? Yes, I am. Okay, yes, I am. and were they not called, uh, did Bill not coach the Enoch Tomahawks back in the day? Yes, he did. We, we hired him as our, as our recreation director. And, uh, geez, you know, we're going back a long ways, too, Bob. Uh, I would say 1977. Okay. 78. And uh, Bill then took over the head coaching position of, uh, of the, you know, Tomahawks. And I got the biggest things that happened that year was we had Grant Furengold. Grant had just uh, graduated from playing midget hockey in, in uh, Spruce Grove and, and uh, came to Enoch to be our goaltender. And of course, he was a great goaltender already at that age. Uh, but there was a, a team in our our league, the Capital Junior League, at that time that claimed jurisdiction over Grant. Um, and I think it was Stony Plain. So they went to uh, a series of meetings with the league, and the league said that uh, Grant was the property of Stony Plain. So what Bill did was he phoned his contact, and he got Grant. The uh, tryout with the Victoria Cougars and the rest is history. So <laughs> I think he turned out to be a pretty decent goalie. Well, Bill had a good eye for talent. Now, were the Enoch Tomahawks pretty tough? Would that be a fair? Because, oh, I mean, we, you know how he coached. <laughs> yeah, he, he liked really tough, aggressive hockey. Uh, a lot of his hockey drills at times with his body contact drills, they were based on football drills because we all know Bill was a was a high school uh, uh, top athlete in that in that area. I think he and Tom Towns at the time were the two top-rated uh, high school football players. And unfortunately, Bill got uh, hit in the head with a, uh, I think it was a, ply, uh, a plywood that fell down in a construction zone that, that he was working on. And he ended up getting an operation. I think he had a steel plate placed in his head. So Yeah, Tommy Towns is a star for the Alberta Golden Bears and later for what was then named the Edmonton Eskimos, now the Edmonton Football Club. Uh, we are joined at this time by Robert Morin. So so the you, you had Bill LaForge and you, you saw him go on and he had some of the toughest teams and he had the, the red light, green light behind his bench. And when it was green light, it was time to go for the tough guys. Of course, he later coached the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks as well. Now, you mentioned Grant Fear. Uh, did you end up uh, invariably always being a, a, an Oilers fan as a result of that? Oh no, I was an Oilers fan before. I I, I went back to the WHA days with uh, bringing the Alberta Oilers to town, and actually, my my one of my favorite players, uh, Ross Perkins, used to coach at a hockey, uh, hockey school at uh, uh, late coach uh, Claire Drake used to put on out out here at Enoch at our at our, our arenas. And um, got to meet uh, uh, a gentleman who became a pretty good teacher for me anyway, for the hockey-wise, was, uh, 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 geez, I think his name was Ross. We said Ross Perkins, and I'm forgetting his name, but... 
What about uh, what about the impact of guys like Fred Sakamus, who passed away in November of 2020, and one of the first Indigenous players in the NHL? And, and then from a University of Alberta perspective, I'm going to circle back to Wilton Littlechild, who's one of the most famous uh, Canadian Indigenous politicians of the, the 70s and 80s. Were those guys sort of mentors for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, Willie was a former brother-in-law of mine. I, I, I married into the family that he had married the older sister. I, I'm since divorced, but uh, uh, we played hockey against Willie a lot in, in our day and and uh, played with him on a few things. And, and Fred Sassman, which uh, I actually played hockey against him one time at a hockey tournament down at the Blood First Nation. And uh, he was then, you know, in his 40s, but still a, a very, very uh, good hockey player. I ended up uh, giving him a body check. Very hard, but uh, you know, I I was playing the puck, and I, I you know I shouldn't have touched him because I got surrounded by the Cote selects. <laughs> <in the air. laughs> and Fred got up and said, "No, no, leave the kid alone." He says, "He, he that was clean." So. There you go. I you, yeah, I appreciated him saying that at the time. There were some big boys there. So, so you stayed out of trouble, Robert. All right. Uh, look, you know, we're, we're, I, we're having this day, the Canada's National Day for uh, Truth and Reconciliation. Now, you may have had private conversations in the past. How far do you think we've moved? And how far, you know, obviously we have a ways to go yet. But it, it, is, is today a, a positive step that we have a day like this? Or is it, or is it kind of a reflective sad, uh, sad day in a way? What do you think? I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, first of all, my my uh, deepest uh, condolences to all of those um, Indigenous members who lost family members uh, directly uh, from the children that were taken and never came home. Um, and then the all, all we all know that that had affected many more generations of families as the years went by with the continuing uh, existence of these residential schools. Did you uh, did you attend a residential school at any no, point, Robert? No, I never did, but my father did. So I, I learned of some of the impacts that he had. I'll, I'll just give you a real brief story. He rode left-handed when he went to school, and he used to get beat by the by the uh, priest and or the nuns on his hand every day because, uh, according to Bible, uh, devil's hand was left-handed. So he uh, suffered some physical uh, harm with that and mental anguish, I would think over the years from that. So, um, but on, on, an, on another note, you know, the day means a, a little bit of both to me. It's, it's recognizing that there is an injustice done to our peoples. There's no doubt. And the Canadian government uh, needs to make it a, a, a memorial, date, I would call it, an official memorial date so that all the provinces would recognize it that, that way, including the province of Alberta. Are you disappointed by what's happened here? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'll say I thought you know, Premier Kenny would do something a little bit different, but, you know, he's got his hands full of whatever's going on with our oh, yeah. situation right now. So and I understand that. And, and as a footnote, I, I would recommend to everybody who's listening in today, if you haven't had your COVID shot, please go get it. Yeah, and I mean, there have been some challenges uh, with that community, as you know, with the Indigenous community, Robert, and some of it's just trust the government, and maybe it's understandable, right, given given the history that occurred here over the generations, and so... Well, you're, you're absolutely correct on that. Yeah, and it's... Uh, yeah. Do you, now, do you take pride in today's players? Like, I know you've met Ethan Bear and Kara. We've talked a lot over the years about Carrie Price because I've been to Anaheim Lake. Uh, I believe Carrie's mother is still um, 
She's still the, the, the chief for Alcacho uh, First Nation. Uh, you know, you have 80 plus. We're going to have Brian Trottier on the show on uh, Mondays. Probably, I mean, in terms of the 80 plus Indigenous players historically in the NHL, he might be the best with all due respect to Theo Fleury. Uh, well, well, he's he's a hero of mine. I, I actually got to meet Brian out here at uh, at the Enoch uh, uh, our Casino Resort. And just so everybody knows, uh, on, on the show today, I'm the former chairman and. Uh, and CEO of the resort once we bought uh, our partners out from. So one of the visits uh, that uh, were made by some of the NHL players that come to Craig Simpson's benefit, uh, Ryan was there. So I got to, I got to sit down and have dinner with him and and uh, one of my heroes. So I thought. I'm not afraid to say that. You can say a big hi to him when you... Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, yeah, we'll be passing that along. So, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny. I think Western Canadians maybe have more of a realistic perspective. Uh, I, I don't want to say they're better educated on this, but, like, sometimes when I talk to people from Eastern Canada, it seems to me they're unaware of the historic and systemic racism that's existed in this country. I'm, and I'm serious about this, and specific to the residential schools. I, I, you travel all around Canada, Robert. Do you, get, do you get that sense as well that maybe – or am I, am, am I out to lunch on that? What do you think? You know, I, I do have a lot of friends and uh, colleagues that live out east, and, and they would probably uh, disagree with you. Okay. I think they have that out there too. But at the same time, there's a bigger population out there, a more dimensional cultural population, you know, like the city of Toronto. Right. You can get lost in just about any neighborhood there um, compared to, you know, our smaller cities. And and we're growing, you know, Edmonton and Calgary, you know, two beautiful cities. But uh, it's a little different when you go to a city like Toronto. That's uh, got a little different feel to it. And... I would agree to some extent with your statement. I think I think there's more intercommunication and there's more uh, connections to involvement over the years. I think it's gotten better in Western Canada because mm-hmm. I can tell you, I, I grew up with racism. I, I, I witnessed it. I've had it happen to me. So um, and right here in Edmonton, but you know, you 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 bear down and and, and for me, when those situations happened, I went, all right, I'll deal with it. But it's not going to deter me from. Uh, being the person that I am, and, and actually, I used it as a positive because when I had that negative type of attitude shown to me, it just made me more driven to do something more, more positive. And and so you've been a, a business and community leader ever since. We're joined right now by the chairman of Project Reconciliation, Robert Moore, and Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. And uh, correct me on, uh, on on when we met. So I thought I thought it was all the way back to the 2000. Uh, I was definitely in Vancouver though, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. It was, and and I got I got the invite because I, I think the TV broadcast was on a Saturday night. Yeah. So you were doing the radio show with uh, Jack, with Jack, and and uh, the Sportsnet guys weren't on the plane, so we got all their empty seats. So there was a few <laughs> okay. other people that, yeah, just a few other people that were there with with me along the trip. It wasn't just uh, yeah. And I, I, I I guess so publicly for the first time I can tell my nation members that. That was the one perk I took from uh, being the River Cree Resort president. I I got an offer to fly with the Oilers hockey team on a 
private jet to go to their game in Vancouver, so I took it. I think it was the last. Uh, I think it was the last game of the year that year as well. If I'm not, yeah, well, we, yeah. we ended up at Joe Forte's, which is never a bad thing. So that's that's good. All right. So here's here's the deal. Today is Canada's National Day for Truth and, and Reconciliation. You're you're. I mean, that's obviously. I think the listeners can tell. I mean, you're. You're not a young man. We're going to have uh, Clayton Kirichenko coming up. He's going to be the captain of the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, obviously, uh, real you know, real honor for him. And we're we're looking forward to to having Clayton on the show. He's uh, from Stolo First Nation, uh, and that's that's got to be a, a real uh, a real honor to say the least. And a, a great young role model. And Robert, he's already uh, done Zoom calls with Indigenous kids and that. But on this day, on Canada's National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, what's what's the final message you'd like to get out there uh, to all the listeners uh, who are listening right now to Oilers Now? I think we've just begun a journey that we need to continue. There's a lot more work to be done um, in recognizing the harms that were done to our peoples. Uh, I'd ask the Canadian and open uh, hearts to uh, the the situations that are facing, especially those that are really being damaged by residential schools. I think we can make a change, a positive change, and I think within the 94 calls to action done by the TRC Commission, if we follow that blueprint, I think we can go a lot further in getting things to a better working relationship between the Indigenous peoples of Canada and the general public. Well stated. Robert, thanks for joining us. We'll touch base down the road. All right. Thanks, Bob. You bet. Robert Moran joining us, Chairman of Project Reconciliation. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. Uh, the Don has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I heard about this story a little bit before my time, but uh, the Don says, Bob, we can't talk about our First Nation hockey players unless we talk about the best hockey player ever to play for the Edmonton Oil Kings, Stuart Butch Paul. He was one of my uh, heroes of the early 1960s, fast, skilled, and tough. Passed away in a car accident just outside of Memphis in 1966. Yeah, Actually, you know who told me about Butch Paul? Wes Montgomery told me about Butch Paul. Like, oh man, it would have been like 1989, 1990. He told, told me that story. You can text us at any time at 780 uh, Jack's mom, 31, says, what a great interview with Robert. Thank you very much. And again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Continue uh, continue to send in some thoughts. We're going to have another member of the Indigenous community, and he is going to be the captain of the Powerhouse Alberta Golden Bears. Clayton Kirishenko coming up. Probably could play in the American Hockey League, no question. Right shot, puck moving defense, someone with skill. He's coming down the pipe at 105. We'll quickly step out and return on orders now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.54 in Edmonton, Canada's National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. This is a live edition of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and uh, Brendan Escott with you. Cactus Jack has texted the show. We just had from Project Reconciliation, Robert Morin on the show, and he says, Cactus Jack says, really strong guest. That man is a leader. And I think it was an interesting conversation because he kind of 
shed a little bit of insight about some of the challenges, but also and 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 some of the ongoing nuances. Uh, and unique complexities of the situations. Obviously, a guy that's involved directly in attempting to broker a deal to have 100% Indigenous ownership of the Trans Mountain Pipeline has a business side to it as well. Brendan, what a uh, pretty uh, pretty interesting uh, conversation to say the least. Yeah, I thought he was able to provide a really interesting perspective on a multitude of things. You know, the residential schools, for example, hearing about that experience from his father, you know, and then the hockey background and some of those stories from, you know, his relationships there as well. That was a a really good listen. Yeah, uh, interesting because we have had multiple people text the show, and and I I know this to be the truth. I don't think... uh, it was just necessarily in the residential schools that you had people that were trying to switch left-handers to right-handers when it came to writing. I know that that had occurred, and it was uh, uh, great of uh, Robert to provide that illustration, but I we've had probably three or four other people text the show. Uh, this text comes in. A lot of people who are left-handed, myself included, got our hands slapped by our teachers, and uh, uh, I was going through the school in the 80s. And I'm not a visible minority, says this texter. So uh, that, unfortunately, that's just, I mean, we've moved considerably away from that. Uh, It's it's almost shocking when you think about it. Like, just some of the things that happen. But I, and I do think when I, I, I guess maybe I'm basing my information and my perspective when I talk to some of my Eastern uh, even Central Canadian and Easter, uh, Eastern counterparts that were maybe not fully aware of the nature of residential schools. But when you work up north, and I did for a number of years while I was in university, you can't, you'd have to be completely ignorant to be unaware of the unique challenges in those communities and the history of, uh, of, of some of the abuses that took place. Like, I don't know how you would know it. Again, Brendan, you grew up in in Kamloops. I worked in Prince George, all the way down the Highway of Tears, which remains a focal point of attention for the the Canadian government. And a a lot of the relatives of the victims on the Highways of Tears are still looking for greater uh, resources so they can find a a resolution into uh, some of the missing women on on that uh, Highway 16, specifically from uh, Prince George to Terrace. So, you know, it's it's sad stuff. And... uh, and we, we've taken steps, but obviously I think we all know we've got a long, long way to go. We're going to have a, a, a little bit different tenor of a conversation coming up here with Clayton Kirishenko uh, at 105. It's, it's a real interesting story. He is the captain of the Alberta Golden Bears hockey team. Anybody that listens to the show is well aware of the fact that the, the Golden Bears are a perennial powerhouse. Ian Herbers is their head coach. Um, they'll probably start the season ranked number one or number two in the country. They've got a ton of skill out of the Western Hockey League. And uh, we'll have that conversation with Clayton coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.